Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We are going to be looking at verses 9 through 11 over the next week or two, or three, depending on how we go. Um, some things in the Word of God are a little bit more difficult to swallow than others. And um, I know that uh, <laughs> sometimes we look at a verse and think, where's the other verse? Where's the good verse? And uh, let me just say this, every verse in the Bible is good. Amen? Because it came from God and there is a reason for it there. And you know, the, the, whenever we um, go over something, we miss a truth. We miss a revelation that we need in our life in order to get to that next level. Amen? And uh, you know, that's, I guess that's one of the things uh, with, with this church and with what God has asked me to do, is take you guys to that next level. You know, I don't want to stay in the same place and, and be ministering the same things, uh, even though we, we build upon foundation. We never replace one message with another. Amen? We build line upon line, precept upon precept. And so, we have come to the place where we are talking, and remember again that we are uh, in the epistles of John, and the first epistle in fact, and uh, we began looking at some very incredible truths, you know, um, uh, very incredible, anyway, <laughs> some incredible truths uh, with regard to light and life and uh, the word of life, and uh, we come to the place now where the Apostle John is, is talking to people about things people say as opposed to what they do, alright, and we're coming to the last claim that people make that their lifestyle doesn't back up. So uh, before, <laughs> before I get into that, let's read in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 9. The Apostle John says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Or, as the NIV says, is still in the darkness. So we're going to look at this now. Because this is to do with an attitude of the heart. And you say, oh, pastor, but I want to learn about faith. Because I want my stuff. <laughs> okay. Can I say this to you? Love is from the heart. Hate is from the heart. Faith is from the heart. And if we don't get rid of the things that are getting in the way of our mountain moving faith, we're never going to get to the place where we can believe and receive. Amen? And so these are some of the things that, you know, we're, we're doing surgery. <laughs> okay? We're getting in there with the Word of God that's that sharp two-edged sword that not only cuts up demons but it cuts us up a little bit as well and we go ouch okay as we cut out things that we need to rid of in our lives amen and you know i don't want to preach a depressing sermon or anything but there are things family that we need to get out and father is saying you need to get this out and we're going mm, but i like it too much but what you think you like is actually destroying you amen and it's keeping you in the dark and this is what you know Sometimes we need this information to come in today's terms. Can I, can I say this in a different way? He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in the dark. They don't know what they're on about. <laughs> okay? And in fact, their whole life is in the dark. Can I say that if you're in darkness, it means you don't know what's going on around you and you don't know how to fix things that are going wrong in your life. Amen. So th that's the reason why, you know, when we read some of this stuff, we need to understand where this is coming from. I, Howard Marshall, identifies who the Apostle John was addressing by saying that John was writing to a specific situation 
in which members of the church or former members were not loving their Christian brothers. He is dealing with this particular problem and concentrates all his attention on it. Now remember again that these individuals, see, these are not non-believers. Okay? Because remember we talked about carnal Christians, 1 Corinthians 3.3. 3? Uh, the Apostle Paul says, where there is envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So there is a place in the church to, to have carnal Christians that behave like this. <laughs> okay? In fact, all you have to do is go to James, I believe chapter 4, and look up uh, some of the verses. I think verses 1 and 2, in fact, are pretty powerful. Uh, we're talking about wars and rumors of wars and, and fighting amongst each other. And To a church! Amen! <laughs> you know? And, you know, the, the thing is that a lot of people don't believe, you know, a lot of the naive Christians don't believe that. But if you're in one of those churches that have those people, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay? All right. Okay. Thank God, not here. Now, the, the thing is, if this wasn't the case, because some people have, have preached this, and, you know, they, they write about these verses that these are non-believers attacking believers. All right? But can I just draw your attention to the first bit, or the, that verse again, where he says, He who says he's in the light and hates not Christians, but his brother. Amen? So we, we are talking about people that are in the church. Now, as to what they're claiming, they say that they're in the light, okay? Which we've already seen is... Uh, to be equivalent of having... Now, remember from uh, the, the verses we saw previously, which is the reason why we're doing this in sequence, all right? Of having fellowship with God, which was 1 John 1, 6, knowing God, uh, 1 John 2, verses 3 and 4, and being in Him, 1 John uh, 2 and verse 5, and also abiding in Him, which is 1 John 2, 6. So, this is what they, say, this is what they mean when they say that they're in the light. To, for you to say that you're in the light, it means that you are in constant communication with God, which means, communication means God's talking back to you. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, God told me this. And then you, you see where they're coming from inside. God didn't say that. That wasn't God. That wasn't the God we know anyway. <laughs> That's the other guy. The one with the little G. Amen. <laughs> um, because, you, you know, can I just say this? If ever you hear something from God, understand two things. Two facts. God is love. God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. Do you understand? So if ever you get anything that's just a little bit, mm, it ain't Him. Okay? He always sees the best in you and in everybody else. And the only time that He'll rise up is if it's something absolutely demonic that is coming against you. Remember the Bible says, God says, vengeance is mine. Amen. And if your heart is pure, then He'll use you to do what needs to be done in this earth. But if you're angry and have hatred, He won't use you. Because it's going to come through that. Amen. And it's going to have the wrong attitude attached to whatever He's saying. Alright. Anyway, let's get back to this. But these are some of the things that you need to know. You need to know when to step out. And you need to understand, never do it in hatred. Amen. Because notice He says, He who says He's in the light and hates His brother is in darkness. Whenever you go down that road, where you, where you have that in your heart, 
What you need to do is back off immediately. And ask yourself one question, why? Amen? And, and then you need to repent. You might come up with some amazing reasons why you need to be angry with them. I mean, they might be rock solid, but can I say something? Let's go back to the first thing that I said. Do you want to have mountain moving faith? Yeah, but there's no but. Okay? You have to get rid of this in order to move in that kind of faith. Because, you know, it's really interesting. We need to go there. All right. I knew this was going to go somewhere else. I can, I can tell you this. All, you know what? I, I, can, I can do it without the Bible. Put it up if you can. All right. <laughs> Jesus, when he said, okay, in Mark eleven twenty three, For verily, verily, I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. See, that's the key. We miss that. We're always looking for that mountain moving faith while we hate this person over here. It won't work. Okay? See, the mountain is sitting there going, nah, because we know what's in your heart. We're not moving. There's no faith where there is hatred. Do you hate? Do you, do you, understand, you see what I'm trying to say? So you need to get rid of that in order, for, in order to move in that kind of earth shattering, mountain moving faith. You need to get rid of everything that, that taints that faith and that comes against the Word of God and, and, the, and the, the forces of God that will back that faith up. You see, they can't do anything if you are going against love and light. Get it? And these people were doing exactly that. These brothers were harboring hate in their heart and at the same time saying, Oh, we're in the light, brother. You know, even we pray and get our prayers answered. I want to ask, by who? Because I, <laughs> my first question is, what kind of prayers are you praying? See, people like that will pray prayers. Can I just get a little real with you guys? Don't freak out. Okay? People like that will pray prayers that demons will go and fulfill. Because out of hatred doesn't come anything good. Get it? So yeah, they're getting their prayers answered, but by what? Amen. Okay, moving on. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Okay, now, <laughs> where's the door at? No. <laughs> right. Let's continue. John MacArthur tells us that in the original language, the word hate conveys the idea, listen to this very carefully, of someone who habitually hates or is marked by a lifestyle of hate. I know that's not any of you. So don't freak out and don't start to, you know, look at yourself and, and get worried. Okay? Amen? None of you are like that. In fact, one of the things that, um, I'll, I'll read you a, yeah, let me just jump ahead and read you a quote from the Spiritual Life Bible. He's, it says here, love is characteristic of light. Hate is characteristic of darkness. Those are two mortal enemies. Therefore, a person reveals Listen, listen to this. The genuineness of his relationship with God by his relationship with others. Do you get that? Alright. If you are in the light, then what will happen is your relationships will show it. See, you know, one thing that you can always tell is if people have... You know how people say, oh, people, everybody hates me? They want you to be the one to say, well, I'll love you. 
But can I just say this? You need to be the one that says, why? I mean, you know, there must be a reason. That, and can I say to you, I will guarantee you almost every single time, a person that says that, you'll be next on their list. Because you'll try to like them, and whatever it is that they're doing that causes people to walk away from them, they'll do to you. And then you walk away from them, and then they'll go, oh, see, everybody hates me, even you. Watch out. I'm just saying, be wise. All right? The p- people that seem to be victims are looking to make victims of someone else. Anyway, moving on. I don't know if I said that right. All right. <laughs> Simon J. Kissimaka writes, To hate a brother is not a, a, a trifling matter. John repeats the thought of, he, uh, of this text in each of the next two chapters when he says, Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. We're going to look at this in 1 John 3.15. If anyone says, I love God, says, I love God, and yet hates his brother, is a liar. That's in 1 John 4 and verse 20. Whoever hates a Christian brother breaks God's commands, is devoid of truth, and lives in spiritual darkness. Do you understand now why I keep saying to you, if you want to have an extraordinary life, you need to have God in it. Amen? You, you need to have the right attitudes. You need to have a clean heart. Amen? Because Jesus always talked about the motive of your heart. Even if you do good things, in the Sermon on the Mount, He talks about all the good deeds that you are to do with the right motive. Amen? He says, okay, so you guys know how to do a good deed, but what's in your heart when you're doing it? Are you being good to show somebody else up? <laughs> okay? You know, when somebody does bad and you go, well, see, I've done it right. Gave this example to the Bible school student. Okay, so, you know, and you do it. That's not the right reason to do good. That's the time you jump in and help the other guy. Get it? Or are you doing good because somebody needed help? And you, need, you needed to be there. You needed to do something. See, where's your heart? Amen? Amen. Alright, moving on. That's why I do. Uh, uh, hopefully, when you come here, you reflect. You know, okay, let me stop for a minute. One of the things that really marked my thinking was a while back I was reading something. And uh, they asked people that were close to death, people that had lived a long life, they said, what are the things, are there any things that you regret? And one of the things that they said was, we never took enough time to sit and just think about what we were doing, where we were going. We didn't take time to reflect. We were just so busy doing life, we never asked ourselves, should we be doing this? Should we be doing something else? We were always too busy to do anything good for anyone because we were too busy. Interesting, isn't it? And it was with that thought that I decided, you know, I need to give you that time here while you still have time. Amen? While you still have... And can I just say this to you? If you think, well, you know, brother, I'm a little old now. And hey, man, Abraham was having kids at 100. Not that I'm asking you to do that. <laughs> you know? In God, there's always time. Amen? <laughs> okay? Well, you know, because he, He'll redeem anything in your life. Do you know He will redeem your time? 
If you feel like you didn't get everything done, that you, you, know, you started late in life, that you found the Lord late in life. I've seen a lot of people have that regret in their life. They say, you know, oh, you, you've got all your life ahead of you. And, you know, I just got saved when I was, you know, quite old. And, and you know, I don't have a lot of time to do the stuff that I wish. Hey, talk to the, talk to the man. He holds all things in his hand. You want another 50 years? He'll give it to you. I'm serious. He'll renew your youth. Like the eagle. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright, back to this. Those who claim to be in God's light and continue to harbor hatred towards his brother is immediately contradicting his own claims, demonstrating that he is still in darkness or living a life of darkness. And this will be especially apparent when the majority of his or her relationships are marked with constant ruin and disaster. Watch people's lives. Remember what Jesus said? Regardless of what they say, you will know them by their fruit. That's what fruit is. You can see what is going on in people's lives. and you can, That's the fruit. <laughs> they can't hide that. Alright. Finally notice the verse ends with the phrase, Until now. Which according to Thomas F. Johnson, essentially means that those who live in hatred for their brothers and sisters in Christ, yet have yet to experience the light of the new age. That which has dawned in Christ. They are living in an era that has passed, instead of God's new future, which has come in Jesus. Amen? Now this is something that we need to understand. That in time past, there was no new birth. In time past, you know, God had to, as somebody once said, God had to use the carrot and stick method. Okay? <laughs> like when, they were, when the Israelites were bad, they were, they were naughty, they were spanked. And, 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 you know, to get them to do anything good, he had to dangle a carrot in front of them. You know, and, and that's just because there was no new nature. Which is the reason why, and I keep bringing up uh, um, Nicodemus, which is why Je- the reason why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you know, of, even though you've got all these amazing works, even though you're an amazing man, you still need to get born again. You need to be born from above. That's what the actual Greek text says. Alright, people get all hung up on being born again. Well, that's what it means, dude. You need to be born again from above. Because born again, when you were born down here, that's all you're going to be limited to. In order to go there, you need to be born from there. Do you understand? And that's the reason why... See, that's why I always say to people, we're not trying to change your mind and we're not trying to religionize you. We're trying to get you, your spirit recreated because that's the only way you're going to get up there. Amen. And that's a miracle. Alright, getting back to First John chapter 2 and now in verse 10. He says, I love this, he says, He who loves his brother abides in the light. Now, notice what isn't in there. What isn't in there? The word says. Can you see that? What was the previous verse? He who says that he's in the light and hates his brother. See, there, there are a lot of people that will keep saying, Oh, I'm this, I'm that. You know when people are advertising themselves too much? Back off. Because they're trying to now convince you of something that they're not. You don't have to tell people that you love if you're always loving. You only have to tell them if you're not. Amen. And that's what... So when, it's, when the Apostle John says that he who loves his brother... It doesn't say he who says he loves his brother. It says he who loves his brother abides in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. Listen, 
you need to catch this. He who loves doesn't say that he does. He just does it. She just does it. Okay, they just love people. Watch what he says. He who loves his brother abides in the light. They don't have to get back in the light. They live in the light. Get it? Can you see the power of this? Because if you live in the light, then faith is constantly flowing. If you live in the light, there's no going down. You're constantly going up. Yeah, but what if I make a mistake? First John 1, 9. Hallelujah, thank you Jesus, and move on. Don't sit there and, and beat yourself for half an hour. That's valuable time wasted. You know, like I said, my favorite words are, sorry God, sorry God, sorry God. <laughs> okay? I'm serious, man. I'm that quick. I don't argue. I don't defend myself. I don't do nothing. I am smart enough to know if God says, you, you know, you made a mistake here or you don't have the right attitude. Do not go, well, God, I have the right to... Shut up! You don't have any idea what you're talking about. If, if you start doing that and defending yourself, there's a problem there already. That in itself says there's a problem. Amen? Do you know when, when people sort of go to psychiatrists and they say, you know... They, 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 they mention something and they say, do you think I'm crazy? And the psychiatrist will say, you know, because you asked that question, you're not. Because a crazy person never thinks they're crazy. They never question themselves, which is what makes them so crazy. They think they're right with everything. They're crazy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know where I'm coming from, right? Alright? <laughs> Let's read some, some comments on this. I heard Marshall says, it is significant that the Apostle John does not write, whoever says that he loves his brother lives in the light. He is concerned with action, not with words, which may not correspond to reality. In any case, the man who loves his brother or brothers does not go around telling everybody that he does. Such people live in the light. They are in no danger of wandering off into the darkness. Amen. Added to this, Thomas F. Johnson says, Loving others is living in the light. A condition in which there is no cause for offense. Now, this is what we're talking about when he says there is no cause for stumbling in him. Alright? He says, for which there is no cause for offense as long as one stays or abides there. You can see where you are going morally and spiritually. And as a result, don't fall yourself or cause others to do so either. Amen? Alright, did you get that? Alright. That's the reason why 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, love never fails. Do you get this now? If you walk in love, it will never fail. You will never fail. Amen? Things are right. See, even though we are walking in a world that has fallen, you need to understand that you can live and rise above that when you walk in love. And that love isn't something that, you know, it's, it's not a touchy-feely thing. That love is something that is very strong, very powerful. It is, what, uh, it is best described in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that He gave Him a big hug. <laughs> okay? No, right? I want you to understand something. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son. All right. Taking a closer look at the phrase, cause for something, uh, John, uh, Colin G. Cruz says, It is the entire phrase... Uh, uh, the entire phrase is the single Greek word. Listen to the Greek word, scandalon. Does that sound like something? Scandalous. Yes, I know, right? Okay. 
which is translated as the thing which causes stumbling. In the New Testament translation, it is found 15 times, always with the meaning of causing some sort of harm to a person. So when we read here, he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him, this is what we're talking about. All right, now, I want to give you some examples. Uh, in Luke chapter 17 and verse 1, Jesus is speaking here and he says, It is inevitable that stumbling blocks, is the same word, should come, but woe, listen to what he says here, but woe to him through whom they come. Listen, there's a lot of people out there that are causing Christians to stumble. And Jesus says, not only is there a problem for the person that stumbles, but it's worse for the person that caused them to stumble. Do you hear me? And there is a judgment that will come on that that is horrendous. I'm not kidding. Because see, when you cause other people to stumble, can I, let's reverse it for a second. Let's be happy. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and then we'll just flip it. All right? Okay, because I don't want to see you all miserable. All right. <laughs> do, you know for, <laughs> do you know for everything that you do good, you are blessed? For everything that you do good for someone or to someone, and you know, you help them out of a situation, and you know, they were having a terrible day, you came along, and they left with a smile on their face. And for all the people, now they're going to influence with that smile. Or whatever comes from that smile. Maybe they write an awesome song. You know, whatever. You know, what, and how many ever many people that get blessed from that all came because of you. Because you made them happy. So the blessings that come upon you, see this is why you don't realize that love never fails. And the power behind the thing is, as, as you start to influence people's lives and lift them up, and start to help them on their way, and whoever they help on the way, because you help them, you get the blessing of all of those things. Get it? See, we don't realize the spark. You've just taken somebody out of the grips of the devil and set them on their way. Amen. And the devil just lost everything he was doing in that person. Isn't that incredible? And everyone they bless, now you get the blessing on that. It's the original pyramid scheme, brother. No. <laughs> okay? But that's true. God never forgets. You know why? Because it will always go back to, there was a fork in the road. There was a point in time where this person could have gone that way or this way. And you helped them go the right way. And so everything that they do from then on. Now, can we flip it? Okay. Let's say you helped them go the wrong way. <laughs> okay. Are you getting this? Stumbling? Everything that goes wrong in their life, every bad thought that they have, because of this root, every person that they influence to go the wrong direction because of what you did, is all coming back on you. Woe to be to that person that puts that stumbling block. Now do you get it? As much as they're going to reap the negative results, you're going to get the worst of it, because you started it. Amen? Amen. It is also used in Romans 14, 13. I have a few minutes left, let's finish here. Where the Apostle Paul, writing to Romans, says there, Therefore let us, not, uh, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Hallelujah, thank you Jesus. You know, we could stop there, and we have an awesome church. Okay? <laughs> Amen. I mean the church worldwide, not here, because we've got a beautiful family here. Alright, but notice here, he says, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block 
or obstacle in your brother's way. Can I say this? Whenever you judge someone, you, you know, you get them. If ever you attack someone, their defenses go up and they'll come back and attack you. Now you have both sinned. Hear me? Yeah, but I was doing the Lord's work. It wasn't the Lord's work. Okay? You know, if you don't know how to correct someone in love, shut up. I'm serious, man. I mean, just don't do it. Don't even go there. You're not helping God. You're hindering everything that He's in fact trying to do. Okay? So, let me just say this. You know, if you just... And usually, you know who are the people that usually go and correcting people? People that are seeing the faults. Fault finding is not a spiritual gift. Can I say that again? Fault finding is not a spiritual gift. <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay? Discernment of spirits ain't fault finding. <laughs> I've had... <laughs> I've had a uh, recent <laughs> experience with that. Uh, that, you know, there, there are some things that there is a spirit on something. You know, and you just go, oh, something is wrong. There are, there are things like that. And that's a discernment. And then, then you need to deal with that accordingly. But me going, oh, oh, look, that couple, they're married, but they're sitting kind of apart. You know, she's facing that way, he's facing... Stop it! You know, they just might be tired. Maybe the seat's uncomfortable in the middle. Who knows? But no, you have to go and say, now brother, you know, you need to love one another. And they're looking at you going, what are you talking about? Is this guy on drugs? <laughs> you need to go see the pastor. <laughs> okay, right. Are you all here? Whenever we set ourselves up as judge, we cause, we put a stumbling block in front of people. Don't do that. We are here to encourage people. We are here to cover over and help them get over things. Remember what Jesus did with the woman that was taken in adultery? He said, is there anybody left to judge you? And she said, no. He said, I don't either. But he said, go, sin no more. That's it. That was his six-week counseling course. <laughs> Amen? And you know what? She did. One more. Remember I, I, remember I said once again that uh, all of this stuff is coming from, I believe, John is, is, is relating a lot of this from his experience in heaven as well. So here's your proof. Revelation chapter 2 verse 14. <clears throat> this is Jesus speaking. And remember John wrote Revelation? Alright. And uh, he records Jesus saying, But I have a few things against you. Because you, you have there those who uh, hold the doctrine of Balaam. We'll talk about this next week in more detail. Alright. The doctrine of Balaam is using your gift. Your God given gifts in ungodly ways to profit from. Who taught Balak, that is the king of Moab, to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Listen, the whole purpose was so that having sinned, God's protection over them would be lifted and they would be vulnerable to attack. That's why Jesus said, I have a few things against you. That's the kind of stumbling block that they had put. That Balaam had put in front. Do you see this? That's how the devil is. That's what the devil is constantly trying to do to the body of Christ. Always leading them into places. So that the 
protection is lifted so that when something goes wrong, people stand up and say, see, that was a Christian. Where was God? Get it? I've just answered a question for you that might have been puzzling you. And you're thinking, my gosh, if it happened to them, will it not happen to me? You're not in that place. Stay in the light. Protection will stay on you. Amen? And the enemy will not be able to touch you. God is our fortress. Hallelujah. I love the song that Chrissy wrote. <clears throat> anyway, hallelujah. All right, we're going to leave it there. We could go on, but we'll come back and we'll talk about some of these things next week. So please do come and uh, we'll conclude this section of Scripture. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word.